Hello, noble peasantry. This is the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. I can't even do this with a straight face. Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I am your Lord Host, Pamplemousse, joined, of course, by my lovely selection of gentlemen. So, Douge the Lingerie. Hello. The fairest Rapunzelot. <laughs> the minstrel, Sir Roxalot. <laughs> and the greatest of archmages, Sir Nilem the Great. Good evening. This, of course, is our first episode, and today, this esteemed collection of gentlemen will be bringing forth topics for the world to hear. So forth, Sir Roxalot, you have the floor for this evening's conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no. I recognize. Bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. <laughs> now, 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 firstly, first thing, I think we need to we need to get some nuts and bolts out of the way here, though. Yeah. Inglorious. Inglorious, defined as shameful, ignominious, which I had to look up because I have no idea what <laughs> ignominious means. What does it mean, actually? It means marked with or characterized by disgrace or shame, deserving oh, of shame or infamy. Now, gentlemen, a man of good family breeding or social position. So we are the shameful men <laughs> of good family breeding or social position. Harumph, harumph. That's pish posh. Yeah. I don't think I can talk into that accent the whole episode. <laughs> please don't. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, I will try. I will try. Otherwise, we'll just require when Grant's on to do his pride accent. Oh, there might be some oh, wood discussed today. There will be wood. I think this just essentially stemmed from this is our kind of episode zero to start off with. Yeah, I'm not doing the voice. And so I thought that <laughs> we would all come together and share these tales of gentlemen being good or bad. <sighs> And so the mightiest men from the internet came together, and we started the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. Here, well here. said. Well said. Here, here. Here, here. <laughs> All in favor? Here, here. Aye. 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 Is there anything else we want to say before we get to this shindig in the way? Bring out your dad. Please, if you can hear my voice, I'm trapped in the basement. Please help. <laughs> So I think okay. the first idea of topic was this was uh, Sir Roxalot brought forth yes. ideal versus reality. Yes. And I got this topic from another topic that we have been throwing around a lot. This had to do with the tree in the woods media fiasco or whatever you want to call that. However, I was having a back and forth with uh, Dingle Doty 77 on Twitter and discussing our various YouTube videos we'd thrown up on the theories of trees falling in woods with no one hearing them. And I was making the claim that I thought my argument was quite effective, though it lacked a little bit of weight of a more studied argument because he had was critiquing my rather simplistic approach to things. And I was saying that that's why I won and everybody likes me. Hands up who likes me. Because yes, here, here. My hand I, is up. Because I made it simple. And the, the response was, the onus then is on the confused to learn. Elsewise, you get contemporary politics where personality wins over substance, which I can't agree, uh, disagree with. But this is the difference between ideal and reality. Ideally, you want everyone to take your very learned, weighty, studied argument and go understand and bone up on it. But the reality is, if you make it simple for people to understand, they're, they're going to agree with you easier. And so that's where that came up. And then it reminds me of my friends who love to argue politically about the way things should be. And I just say, well, until you have a absolute, you know, supermajority in the legislature, you have to compromise. And they don't like that ever. They don't like to hear that. You know, I go, well, that's the difference. You know, it's like there's political reality and then there's your ideal that you would hope to have if you could do that. And then my third example is something that was brought up about me at one point or another, which was I wanted to be judged on my intentions, but I was being judged on my actions. And one was an ideal, and the other is reality. 
So that's what I was throwing out as a topic. So where do we take that from here? We we discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, we discuss Ideally, it. Yes. discuss it. But in reality... The reality is, is we have silence and crickets <laughs> chirping. <laughs> and I am a simple man. <laughs> but not the simple man, indeed. Me too. <laughs> but that's this is what I, I see on Facebook and on Twitter a lot are all these great memes and everything out there. Of the way, you know, if it was just that simple, you know, but it's not. It's a little more complex than that, isn't it? <laughs> Every time I take a look at a project that I have to do around the house, whether it's standing the deck, mowing the lawn, whatever it is, because ideally I think about it on its surface. Okay, uh, if I want to stain the deck, I buy stain, go out, stain the deck, sit down, have a drink, and relax. Well, the reality is, or what the the true depth would be, is that I get out there, I get the wrong stain, I find holes in the wood, so it's got to be fixed. And then after looking at these holes, I find out that there's something that's sagging. And it's it's an ongoing mess. So when I look at a job, I look at it very, very simply. I look at its base elements and what needs to be done. But the reality is always much deeper. There's always a lot more that you have to look at than just the surface. You could take that one step further, and this is where I was coming. This is where my mind was thinking when I saw this, is just what Doug said. I see a project. Let's say you look at that project, and ideally, I would like to have uh, that, I forget what that fake wood is, but it's it's decking that never needs painting, never tracks. needs staining tracks, yeah. I'd love to have the tracks and, and the railing and whatever. And you go price it out and you go, <coughs> um, yeah. we're, going, <laughs> we're going to wood. Yeah. That's reality. Yeah. <laughs> That's, reality my, is my du- budget tells me I'm not having that. Reality is That's Doug fur that I'm going to stain later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know, what made me thought of that is we see that so many times in projects at work where, there's a lot of things we want to do or go to, say, an automation or whatever. When we do the analysis, the reality is it doesn't pay. So if it doesn't pay, then, you know, you've got to change it. But ideally, it would be perfect, right? That would be the thing to go for. But everything always comes down to some reason why we do it a certain way. And usually it, it is because reality tells us. And to me, reality is what makes sense, what fits in your budget, your world, your surroundings, the people that love you, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of goes back to what you're saying, Heno, is simplistic. And because it's simplistic, because all the dots line up, all the squares fit, right? Well, and, and it's a great metaphor for how I look at it as this, and this is a, was a big personality change with me, was trying to get myself out of these, you know, these basically from being in an ideologue where everything was an ideal which is actually a very simple way of thinking is, you know, this is the way things should be. Well, they're never not. Like you said, this is the way this project should go. But turns out there's some compromise in there. There's money that has to be factored. There's this that has to be factored. And I found that it's actually very difficult to think in terms of, well, this is reality. I know how this, I know this is how I would like it to be, but that's just not the facts of the way it is. And and one of the things that happens with, I found with ideology is it becomes a fight. You know, I tend to fight more because you have, you have uh, especially with when you're talking about politics or, 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 you know, concepts or whatever it is, and one person's got one ideology and the other has another one. But somewhere in the middle is actually the reality of what's possible. I was just going to say a lot of facts, facts play. Like if you have facts and somebody doesn't agree with your facts, then that's trouble there right away. And what I mean by facts is hard evidence. I yeah. look at my paycheck, and I know I can't buy tracks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, hard ev- <laughs> that's hard evidence. Well, that's, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's perfect because because this is this is the this is the argument in my household about getting a third dog, <laughs> which which <laughs> yeah. sounds fantastic. Except, who's paying for all that extra boarding when we go on vacation? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think to your point, Heno, that, um, you know, finding uh, somewhere in between uh, ideology and, and the deep, dark, dirty mess lies reality. But I, 
I hope everyone would concede that without ideology and idealistic thoughts, we'd never get started on anything. Everything starts with an idea. And I agree, you know, that, that, but then as, as humanity plays out, that's where the reality comes in. And I'm just curious what Eric, you know, he's, I think you're in construction, right, Eric? If you don't run into this when you're doing jobs that all of a sudden you have to stop because something's not working and, and there's a change that has to be made. Does that happen often? It's an ongoing, all-day, everyday thing. No matter what the idea they set forth in the plans, you find the reality once you get at work. And, and so there, there's someone, laying it out. someone on the site that's constantly working with you guys to to make it a reality? You have to send in requests for change and all that stuff. It doesn't, the reality is it doesn't happen quickly. It slows the job <laughs> down and costs the job a lot more money. It's just, when it comes to that, there's a lot of that on a job site and the reality is it sucks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's there, it's there in anything. I was thinking when you guys were talking about building your deck, I do stuff, I want to paint my ideals i want to paint i want to do this and that the reality is i get my painting stuff out i go outside and have a cigarette and an hour and a half later i'm ready for bed so, <laughs> you know that stuff gets in the way but with the ideals like doug you brought up with with having them and they help open up all these new things and i don't know i was thinking about today all the things that have come about with ideas and stuff and yeah the reality is maybe not what you expected but you can work through it to get it to where you want it to be. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, so I think what you're saying is we always end up like what Hannah was saying, landing on compromise. Yeah. So once, once we stir the ideal, get to the reality and meet somewhere in the middle. So yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. The reality doesn't always have to be such a negative thing. Cause That's I know it. When, when I was yep. thinking about this, a lot of stuff came up really negative. Like, Oh, I see this picture of a burger. I want that damn burger. That's my ideal. And then I get there and it sucks. Well, that necessarily isn't always the case. You know, I mean, yeah, it might not end up the way you want it to be, but it's still really good in the end. It just happened a little bit different. Exactly. And that's, Eric, you nailed where my main point of this is my, my personal happiness and joy and I am less frustrated when I am stuck on ideals and when I'm stuck on outcomes, because that's the thing with ideals is they, they tend to get stuck on it's outcome based. And when I'm always looking at the outcome, I'm missing the journey on along the way. And I, I'm missing the possibility that things could be different. Just like, you know, my girlfriend and I going on vacation and something going wrong at the airport, you know, it's like, this is not ideal. However, it's the reality at this moment, and when I can find acceptance with these things and, and, mm -hmm. and then pivot is when I become happier. And, as I sl and this was baby steps for me, is slowly letting go of these ideals, this outcome-based thinking and this outcome-based thought process. There's, there's nothing wrong with having that vision and that goal, but to not get so hung up on it that you can't accept that maybe there's going to be a little change along the way and that, and that perhaps it's not the outcome that you wanted, but it's still a solution. I agree. And that, that's what makes a difference from, I'll say maturing or maturity. And I don't mean that like getting from a child to adolescent to adult. I mean, maturing internally where you're faced with something that you, you had planned out and it's supposed to, supposedly all ideal but it's not that something happened, it's how you handle that something that happens yep. and how you can change your way of, you know, you can go, okay, I'm going to have to change something, right? And you actually work through it and working through it sometimes is beneficial even on an outcome to, to yourself, to, to your well-being, if you know what I mean. Like every time we overcome a hurdle, we learn something. And the more hurdles you overcome, the more you become knowledgeable, you become, you know, a knowledgeable person within yourself that you can start reacting faster to things that happen to you. And I was just going to add a third level of what we just talked about where I said, I wanted to get the, damn it. I forgot the name of that decking again. Quits. Trex. Trex. Damn it. Okay. I want to get Trex. Yeah, I do have money and Trex is ideal for decking, 
but I'm selling the house this year. Again, reality would tell me, don't spend the money. You could build a nice deck. You're going to save yourself a couple of thousand dollars because you're not staying here. So it's, and what I'm getting at is, is just, we were talking about, there's always things in play that change with different people in different situations, even though you could be talking about the same thing. Right? Yeah, but but those changes won't or uh, dissuade you from your idyllic goal of selling the house for the price you want. But if if we concentrate on building a deck, that's just a different goal then. That's a different ideal, I guess, is I'm going to sell this house and I'm going to sell it this summer kind of thing. Let's say it doesn't sell. <laughs> but nonetheless, when you're building the deck, now all of a sudden that's a secondary I guess is what you're saying, right, Doug? It's not a primary. Well, I'm I'm trying to go back to the the point that that Hanno was making about, you know, being agile on the journey to your ideal, and if it doesn't play out the way you want, being agile enough to settle on the medium, if you will. But I'm just wondering, how would that apply to if I wanted to send a probe to Pluto? There could only be one outcome that my idyllic thoughts have. There can only be one outcome, and I can't make compromises that much on the journey. That's a good point. It's a good point. I, I mean, it's there a, are. It's a good point, but through all, like you learn through stuff, right? Like, let's mm. say your idea was to get the Pluto with the thing. Well, they didn't just get the Pluto the first time they did it. So their journey, they learned from their journey and they grew through it. That was, I think, what the maturity thing is that's coming good, in. You're, that's, you're that's growing a great way, through yeah. this. Yeah. That's a great way so, of bringing in the idea of maturity is that they first went to the moon. Yeah, yeah you and look at the look at the first rockets when they were experimenting yeah. to actually get the first one to even orbit the Earth. How many had blew up, crashed, and every one of those they had learned and matured and you know, had to go back and find out where it would go wrong. We double checked and triple checked, you know, everything. I mean, you never hear what went wrong, but yeah. as small as look at the the gasket on the space shuttle, the one that blew up. No one would have ever thought. And so they went and changed the design, you know, so that that wouldn't happen again. But unfortunate, you know, sometimes life we learn the hard way. That was a hard way. So in a way, you can earn the ideal. You know, like you can earn it. If if you have a track record of accomplishing things in a certain way, in a certain manner, and, and you know, you've, you've in a way you've earned that opportunity to, to shoot for Pluto, you know, with your, because right. you've got a track record of that. And that's, you know, I think that can sure. apply to anything in our lives. You know, when we have, especially with our, with our, you know, significant others and having discussions about stuff. I mean, it's like, if you, you can shoot for that ideal, if you've got a guaranteed kind of track record of, okay, th this is, I've got a lot of experience in this, you know, but that's where I, so I was yeah. in the forest and I did hear the tree fall. Do you believe me? Got <laughs> 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 That's enough of that. So, but so, did Batman win? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, Batman. Always By the wins. way, I did see the video today of Superman getting abducted by by Darth Vader and then Batman going and yes. getting him. And I'd never seen that yeah. before, and it was amazing. It was badass, <laughs> wasn't it? Raging. I've never seen that. Never it's seen it's that. very well done. It's so well done. Yeah. It was ridiculously well done. And the funny part and the is ideal, yeah. <laughs> the ideal is that Batman would triumph. You know, but the reality is Vader would win. I mean, but, that's just. But the how simple it is. the the simple fact was is is Superman ended up winning. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but I know I was gonna get clowned on for that. <laughs> but I have this friend. I I have a few friends that they just struggle with this concept. Of, like, uh, you know, hurting for money, you know, like just needs to sell stuff. And he's got he had this like this was probably 10 years ago, but he still had this like late 80s Scirocco, you know, and, and he's like, I should be able to get a thousand. This car's worth a thousand dollars. And I'm like, the car's worth what someone's going to pay you for it. <laughs> and it's like he I mean, people were coming by offering four or five hundred bucks. But no, I'm sticking to my guns. This car's worth like it's. It's 25 years old, man. <laughs> Take the money. Jeez. He could have invested it and probably had what he wanted over the time trying to sell it. Yeah, it just it, it it makes me laugh now when I just see that that same behavior over and over again of this this like yes, but this is this is how it should be, and it's like well, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's right. old. And again, he doesn't have the experience to know the difference. Mm. 
Yeah, and it's like, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And it's like, I'm shooting for happy these days myself. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Happy people are people you want to be around. You don't want to be around depressed, you know, people that are sad or mad all the time. You want to be around happy people. And that's me at work. I try to be always upbeat, happy, telling jokes while I'm like that all the time. But I try and concentrate at work to to keep it clean. (laughs) (laughs) But being right makes me happy. (laughs) There is that. (laughs) But the thing, uh, the thing, uh, what what I'm saying is if someone knows, like if I got something on my mind and I'm not upbeat and happy because they've known me so long, they know something's wrong. Right away, people are coming to me, hey, what's going on? You know, like, uh, what what happened? <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> so I think it makes a difference. People love those type of people around. And to your point, you know, internally, I feel good. It makes me good. It makes me happy all day. It makes my day go. I think it'd be horrible when when you're depressed and you're down to, to hold those feelings inside you and you can't get them out or, you know, you're someone that can't talk to somebody. It must be hard. It must be hard to get through your day. Now, I'm wondering if you have ideals that are so strong, could the compromise of, let's say, sacrificing happiness to reach those goals, could that be an acceptable parameter? And I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can agree to that. Um, I recently had a scenario where uh, I, I had a friend that I stopped being friends with because he he, he he's he was just a terrible person. And I mean, there's some friendships that you can put up with stuff with and it, um you know, it it's worth it. But in the end, I just decided it was it was just just the first time I should just cut somebody loose because it just wasn't doing anything positive for my life. And because I did that it did cause a degree of unhappiness because it caused this social circle shift between my friends mm. to align themselves with him instead of me. Mm. So am I happier for not being friends with him? Yeah. I, I, I could care less that he's in my life right now, but am I unhappy with sort of the outcome of it? Absolutely. You feel much right. better in, in your world. You're happier, happier, but, but unhappier with the, uh, like I said, with the social fallout. So that's, like I said, that was kind of like a sacrifice I had to make for this decision was there was a possibility that I would lose potentially a group of friends by getting rid of this one friend. But that really shows you who your friends are in the end. I was yeah. just about to say. Yeah, you go through friends. that a lot, a lot in your life. And those are people that you really don't want to have around anyways. It's fair weather for us, man. They're following the leader. That's what they're doing. They're following the leader and they they weren't really your friends to begin with. And I think that's one of the hardest things. Like right now I'm facing that with somebody that I've known for a long time and we've become no more than acquaintances. It's like, I'm closer to all you guys now. I've probably been more honest about my life and what, who I am today and have shared what's going on on a weekly basis with you guys, either through podcasts or through Twitter or whatever it is, emails, texting, and and I have no contact with this person, and yet we've known each other for so long, so it makes me sad. It's like I'm kind of mourning that loss, but on the other hand, I'm. it's just kind of like, well— this is where it's gone. This is, you know, the next time I go back to California, Hey, are we going to get together? And I'm just going to say, no, we're not. And I'm going to be so honest you're talking about, about Neil, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That bastard. <laughs> Did you guys hear his podcast today? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I thought I knew that guy. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That mouth. was the pedal straw. <laughs> <laughs> well, touching, touching on that. What about, what about the ideal, and reality of, of friendship. I mean, you associate friendship with, you know, somebody you can, you can, uh, you meet and you communicate with and you can go spend time with. But then for instance, we have this group of people that we've all met on the internet through either podcasting or social media that we've either identified or becoming friends with, but in reality, are we friends? What makes, what makes a friendship? Mm, good point. You know what I always said, you know, like a good friend will help you move. A best friend will help you move a body. That's true. I will help you move bodies. <laughs> as long as you price. pay for his flight. Oh, Doug, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it's possible to be friends with, uh, with people over long distances without even meeting? Yes. I think, it's, I, I think it's sometimes I, easier. You get, but you guys I have feel warmed, like I can open up more. Yeah, <laughs> you've warmed my heart. You, you're, you, you, I don't know how to say this, but you, you're like really really part of my heart you know it goes out to all of you and how nice of people you are and and 
I wish we all lived together. I mean, just imagine the fun and group <laughs> the discussions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be so, so cool. But in the back of my mind, I'm scared to say when we all meet, is it going to change the dynamics? Or, or is it because we are the people who we are and we're still going to be the people who we are at our triple C that it's just going to be outstanding. That's my belief. I think, you know what I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out to the, uh, the book ready player one, this, uh, these two people knew each other through gaming and, uh, never met an actual person, but they developed such a friendship that when they did actually meet, it didn't matter who the other person was. They were still friends deep down. The ideal is that we'll all meet and we'll all be over the moon with each other and, you know, everything will be fine. The reality is we're human beings. We have problems. We're broken. We're happy. We're sad. We have things that annoy other people. Things annoy us. So what we'll do is meet somewhere in the middle. We'll say, okay, everything that I was getting from David or Paul or Eric or Hanno is a part of who they are. It's not the complete person. And when I meet that person, I've got to expect that, that everything that I'm getting from them is not 100% who they are. So as long as I'm open to that, I'm quite happy with anyone that I meet, and especially you, you group of gentlemen here, because you have shared so much and you have given so much that I know that if you're 10% of who you claim to be, I, I'm going to be over the moon. Yeah, I'm worried that I'm not going to like the way you part your hair. Yeah, well, <laughs> get a couple of drinks in you and we'll talk Woo, about it. Everybody went over that one. And, and that's looked at his picture. <laughs> and that's the best thing about all of this is that we all know we have a good sense of humor. So no matter what happens, as long as you can remember mm. that, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Exactly. So what are what are some ideals that you guys have recently strived to go after? I myself, no. to lead off while you guys think, uh, have, have really been pushing to uh, to go to bed earlier and get up earlier. Because for my whole life, I've, I've always believed since day one, since I remember since I was a little kid, that grownups go to bed at 12 o'clock. That's when they go to bed. And so that's what I've been doing my whole life. So recently I had the ideal that I was going to start going to bed earlier and get up earlier. And for the longest time, I fought with it and fought with it and fought with it. And then finally, I started to slowly take my time and push it back. And now I usually can be in bed and falling asleep at about 11. And I can usually get up around 6 o'clock without any problems now, where before I'd sleep in until 10 or 11. So what what were you trying to pursue by by doing that, by going to bed earlier? What what do you hope to gain from that? More A more reasonable amount of time sleeping and less time wasting my day because for instance if it's my day off i i would i used to get up at 11 or 12 be up for 12 hours then go back to bed instead of now like i i went to bed last night at 11 i got up this morning at six i had breakfast went out did some shopping got a haircut did a whole bunch of stuff i wouldn't have done normally if i wouldn't have actually kind of changed that that sort of lifestyle that i was leading yeah, it was funny i was talking to another podcaster today and he was talking about his wife sleeping in and i said you know i, I just can't do that i said Life is too short, and I want to enjoy every single hour I can. But the reality is I don't force myself to get up. I wake up. I mean, the person that can sleep probably will sleep. The person that doesn't sleep is going to jump out of bed like me. Um, so maybe I was being a little too self-centered or too much on my side of thinking that everybody sh should find it that way. Everybody should be able to just go to bed at 11 and wake up at 5. That's not true at all. And what would I be or where would I, where would my thinking be if I didn't do that? Say I went to bed at 11, I could sleep till 11 the next morning. I had to get an alarm to force me to get up. And having said that, is it my mindset or the way I'm thinking that is causing me to get up at five o'clock or is that just my internal body? Is that the way I'm built? But having heard David talk and he could actually change the way he does things, Maybe it is a mindset. Maybe it is, hey, I, I want to enjoy more out of life. I'm not going to sleep my life away. And so automatically, I'm out through the years, you know, I'm an old guy now that I just automatically wake up early. I wake up at the same time. It doesn't matter when I go to bed. I wake up at the same time every morning. What, is, what does everybody else find? Do you find the same thing? or I find I have a very specific internal clock. If I get more than six hours, I'm sleepy all day. If I get less than six hours, I'm sleepy all day. The only way I can reset my clock is to do a 24-hour stint. So when I pull a 24 hours, then that resets my clock completely, and I can go back on 
six hours of sleep. So when you say reset, is that sleeping 24 hours or staying awake 24 hours? Staying awake. Now, do you do that with or without cocaine? Uh, without. <laughs> now, is porno involved? Yeah, oh, of course. Okay, okay, I'm just but checking. I'm not, I'm not a savage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are an enthusiast, aren't you? <laughs> yes, you are a classy gentleman. You were yes. born of the upper class. You're the inglorious yes. enthusiast. You can't, you can't get any finer than lingerie. <laughs> no. And especially yes, when your twice. first name is Douge. Yes, it's a family for those, name. For those of you listening, by the way, when we were sitting here hashing out our names, we were trying to write them down and... Five guys could not decide how to spell lingerie. No. <laughs> the whole life we've always worried about just taking it off. Yes. So there yep. you go. Is yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tangent, but yeah, that's always been a mystery to me why women buy lingerie. Like, I mean, it, it, the viewing time is very limited, yeah. but maybe that's just my experience. And okay. If we're so, going to go on a tangent about lingerie, I think women women can dress up in that and be sexy in it. I mean, there's no way guys can go out and buy a type of lingerie and, in my opinion, look sexy or do something with it. I, don't, I could show you a picture legs, of a uh, banana hammock there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that gets the girls going. <laughs> I, guys, I good lingerie is made out of leather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leather and studs. Leather but, teddy. Having said that, don't don't you think it's more sexier to see some, something that's see-through? Like if some some a girl was wearing like white like, cotton or whatever that you can kind of see through it. Yep. Like the all the, you know. <laughs> I love. I miss the mystery. I remember yeah, growing yeah. up as a kid, and the Mervyn's catalog was what I had. You didn't get anything else. Yep. So, yeah, I get yeah. Sears catalog on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get, and. Nowadays, the reality of it is, it's all out there, and we yeah. we do can you, see it on a click of a button. Instance? We could see it. That's well, perfect what? observation. Do you guys Where have Lulu, Lululemon in the states? Ruru Lemon. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <Lululemon>. <laughs> Actually, my... I not to bring up another podcast, but one of my one of my other podcasts is a ambassador for Lululemon. So, oh, yeah, yes, yes, I but, heard that on the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, next time you're talking to Lulu, tell her I like those pants. <laughs> <laughs> now that guy, that guy, that CEO, whoo wow, yeah. what a douchebag. <laughs> I mean. I was, getting, I, I was getting that from you. <laughs> wow. That was great. I, was, I wish, I could, and I think it's funny. Angela hates it just because it's like, you know, it's because it's, oh. it's a great company and they make great clothing and all this stuff like that. But this guy, when he opens his mouth, it is priceless the crap that comes out of it. it's like you did not just say that about all women did you like oh man when they were having problems with the the material pilling and and he was he started talking about women's thighs and i'm just like no don't don't go there don't go there dude don't oh you went there oh. <laughs> like not everyone you know like literally he was like well not everyone's meant to wear you know yoga pants because your thighs are too fat i was like ooh. <laughs> so so the story is that i mean and then take it or leave it that he created yeah. lululemon he called it that because Asian people wouldn't be able to pronounce it very well. And where the business is, there's a lot of Asian people up there. So, Ruru Remen. <laughs> you got to listen to that episode if you don't listen to any of them because it was hilarious. You were taunting and she was grabbing the hook. Oh, she was like, <laughs> no, well, we're not going mad. there. We're not going there. Okay, we're going there. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you, do you guys feel like Lululemon has kind of destroyed our society in a way when it comes to, to women? Cause now like you can look at somebody and it basically doesn't leave anything to the imagination. Oh, it, it does. Yeah, <laughs> I just say, God bless yoga pants. Enough. Yeah. No, I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Actually, it's what, false advertising. Happened? It's what false days of girls just looking good in, in jeans. Yeah. But man, it's, it's not good. just the yoga pants because there was a time like the nineties and the early two thousands where yoga pants were a thing. And it was like, it shouldn't be a thing nowadays. God bless squatting. <laughs> like, squats. and squats becoming a thing that's what made yeah. the pants start to look good <laughs> talk about talk about ideal versus reality there you go you see a girl in her lululemons and i bet she takes some things off and you go holy crap i could play connect the dot for hours on those legs yeah but remember spandex <laughs> i don't is... even know lululemon is it like a 
some special it's type like of pants or something? Or? It's it's just oh, a it's, it's a woman's expensive. athletic clothing company. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty, it's oh, pretty okay. high end, and they make high some men's quality. stuff too. Yeah, it really is. I have I have a couple. the The women at my gym bought me some shirts. But they're really nice. I thought you were gonna say you had yoga pants. Yeah. <laughs> no, because the same people. I was just gonna say if you see the same people working out every day, and then all of a sudden they don't wear their Lululemons, they wear shorts because they're probably in the wash, and you go, "What the hell happened to her?" Exactly. It's, it's false <laughs> advertising. I'm telling it's, you. It's, I, that was that was my point. I just wanted to bring that. Hey, up. That it used to be point. spandex was not a right; it was a privilege. But now yoga yeah. pants yes. are like a right, and it's false advertising. I tell you. <laughs> Well, to Eric's point, I I think the Victorian gents had it right when when women, if they were to show their ankles, would be considered risque because that left everything to the imagination. And you all know your imagination's a hundred times better than reality. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell myself yeah, I've I've honed that spank bank of mine. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I always, I always analyze a guy's mind as a dog when he sees a squirrel you know like squirrel because yeah. no matter what your thoughts are if some hot woman walks by or has got something provocative on your thoughts you, you totally cut yourself off then you're like squirrel right and then you go what the hell is i thinking about again and you start thinking of squirrel <laughs> yeah even when you're trying not to like you're yeah. trying to not do it it's irritating because sometimes you're like um you know i'm not going to do that and then you look over you're like god damn it i just did it's that like, don't look, then you look over. Don't look at the breasts. Don't look at the breasts. Don't look at the breasts. Look over. <laughs> and, it's, and then all of a sudden they catch you looking. Damn it! So, so you know that is a complete testosterone thing. Mm. The whole visual thing. I, I was reading this. It was really eye opening to me. I was, I was, it was. I think it was a Rolling Stone magazine, and they were, they were following uh, three. It was two or three different uh, individuals that were going through uh, basically sexual transition. And they, when they were talking, when the interview was with the the woman that was going from a female to a man, and when they put her on testosterone, one of the first things she noticed was that she was undressing, you know, other women with her eyes, and and was suddenly went and bought porno, and had all of these characteristics, and I was like, it blew me away. Like that was, it's a complete testosterone thing. So mm. now, now you got something to blame when you just mm. can't, you know, like, don't look at her ass. Don't like, Oh man, I did. <laughs> that testosterone. High testosterone. Yeah. I got high T boy. <laughs> so, you know, there's some people that, that just shouldn't wear yoga pants being, oh. being, being guys. What are some things that, you know, you shouldn't wear spandex, like, yoga pants, definitely spandex. I did. I did. Shorts. I did a spandex gig once and it was just like, We'll never do this again. Back to blue jeans. <laughs> I, I, I get can't do skinny jeans. Ties. Anything that shows off my curves. <laughs> I'm intrigued. No, I'm definitely intrigued. Well, it's that goiter. You know, it's way too curvy. So what do you think the, uh, the Lululemons are for girls, to, for, for a guy? Like if she's checking out a guy, what's the Lululemon equivalent for us? In a guy's perspective, a long t-shirt. t-shirt. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Wrangler jeans, like or or jeans that that. Well, you're in Texas, hang. so yeah, Wrangler. Jeans. Wrangler, Wrangler. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm just saying a brand. It could be any jeans, but you Husky? know, you talk to women that, that they like they like a jean that fits nice around the butt, right? And shirt tucked in and belts for some reason. That's what I've been told because I don't wear a belt. Never have. I and think more if it's got a loose, it needs a belt. Girls at work keep telling me you gotta wear a belt. You know you're just not right. And I'm just like, I don't wear belts. And well, you gotta wear a belt. And the, the, I, well, whoa, 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 whoa! You're living in Texas, yeah, and you're not wearing a yeah. belt. That that's the land, the belt buckle, bro. What's what's going on? Yeah, where's your big no belt, belt buckle? No. Eh, details, details. <laughs> so many missed opportunities. I know. <laughs> Are you guys tuckers? I can't tuck my shirt in. Yeah, I'm a mother. I'm a I mother. didn't know what you uh, meant for a minute by Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like Tucker. Like, um, yeah, I've no. I've got a dicky, but no. <laughs> Why, are you a mother, Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, there's a great band uh, in your neck of the woods there, uh, Paul, called the Mother Mother Truckers. You should go check them out. I think I've heard of them. Yeah, actually, they're old friends of mine from Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. Yeah. They're an outstanding group. Mother truckers, yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I've heard of them or yeah. seen their name. So, Dave, is there Here. something you want to tell us about tucking? Well, it's an uncomfortable problem. <laughs> no, I just I can't I can't tuck my shirt in. I just can't do it. Like, uh, 
if I'm wearing a, like a casual dress shirt with jeans just out for fun, I like to leave them tucked. I don't like to tuck it in. I think it depends on the shirt. If it's a t-shirt, no. If it's meant to be tucked in, you tuck it in. When you were at CT, Dave, didn't you have to tuck in that uh, golf shirt they made you wear? I will, I will say in business and professional settings, I do tuck in my shirt. And it, it's hard to work. Like when I was at CT, a lot of kids used to used to run around with like, you know, the baggy pants and like the shirt three sizes bigger. But I had to be professional and wear it tucked in because that's just that's how I like to present myself. But like if I'm out at a group of friends at a bar or whatever, I just wear my shirt untucked. So you're, you're talking like a, a collared shirt you would wear untucked, correct? Correct. Actually, at work, even our GM walks around with his dress shirt untucked, like literally out. And it's kind of weird to see. Um to me, dress shirts are meant to be tucked in. If you don't like tucking something in, then don't wear the dress shirt. Wear something else. Wear I, think I'm or... I have a question for you, Paul. If yeah. you don't wear belts and you tuck a shirt in, do you wear a belt? Yes. If I'm tucking a shirt in, that means I'm wearing dress pants. And if I'm wearing dress pants, I'll wear a belt. Right. That's curious. But if I'm wearing jeans, usually when I go to work, it's jeans and a T-shirt or jeans and a golf shirt. That's it. So let's say let's say it's uh, it's your anniversary with mom, and uh, you're just going out somewhere casual. But you decide to wear you know some nice blue jeans, and you decide to wear a like a nice dress up shirt, dress up shirt, dress up shirt. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you tuck it in and wear a belt? I'd have to say I would. Yes, it seems if a dress shirt seems to go with a belt in my head. But if I if you almost when you tuck a shirt in, you almost have to wear a belt. Maybe. See, I, I have. Like, Sorry, why they think that you have to wear a belt no matter what. I mean, you can't even see it half the time. But Well, I feel like if I wear a belt, I'm automatically worried about my shoes. And I've got the worst <laughs> fashion or taste. I, I, I only wear, like, own two pairs of shoes. So if I'm tucking my dress shirt in, even if I'm wearing blue jeans, I'm conscious about, okay, what shoes am I wearing? Well, that's not yeah. going to look good, so I'm just going to wear a T-shirt instead. Because I just do not have any shoe taste or shoe sense. I love shoes. I'd have like 500 if I could afford it. You should coach me. me. You were like podcasting while buying shoes, weren't you? (laughs) I was. Yeah, That's that's the mark of a true gentleman. Yeah. Yeah, I had to get nice new shoes for Italy to make sure I fit in. You're going to Italy? Yeah, our honeymoon in the the week after Rose City. Going to Italy for two weeks. Awesome. For you. We'll party hard and then you'll party hard in Italy. Heck yeah. yeah. So uh, to, to wind this down with the last 15 minutes, I kind of like how we, we did actually be in Glorious Gentlemen where we started off with ideals and you know smart <laughs> conversation, then moved into yoga pants and boobs, then moved into dress. This really is a, a gentleman's club of sorts. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, get, here, and here. don't forget, we need to, um, as you're winding down, start thinking about your advice, you know, your gentlemanly advice for the week. I was just going to say mm. that. I've got mine ready. I, I unfortunately have you not do. thought of mine. I haven't either. <laughs> the reality is I didn't think of it. <laughs> Ideally, I would have had one selected. <laughs> but the reality is I was playing Xbox all day. Uh, so what we decided in this is the last kind of 15 minutes of each episode, we would go around the table and kind of give advice that we've come to discover in life. Uh, these are firsthand life experiences or maybe things that we've come across that we feel like we should share for the average listener. And uh, these could be anywhere simple from how to use a hammer uh, to how to plug in your HDMI cable. So, where shall we go from here? Well, uh, I'll uh, I'll spit mine out first. <laughs> uh, mine uh, isn't of a technological or a physical nature. It's something uh, when dealing with your partner, whoever that may be. And you're coming into a, a disagreement. I have found it better to always ask myself, is it better to be right or is it better to be left alone? And uh, nine times out of ten, uh, I will just simply accept the premise and, and try and move on. So I don't offer much of an argument when it comes to uh, significant others. Yeah, I uh, agree with you with, with that. If, if we get to banter a little bit, because I was very about the opposite of what you just said, Doug, I I had to prove I'm, you know, God darn it. I'm right. And then there was a and time. I can confirm this. My, <laughs> my wife's, 
my wife's uncle and aunt were visiting us in Springfield, Missouri, and you know they weren't even there two days. And he pulls me aside and he says, "Paul, you need to learn two words." And I went, "What? What are you talking about?" And he says, "You need to learn two words." Yes, dear. <laughs> That's what he told me. And so I had to, like Doug said, you got to come to a belief that it's better to just yes, dear, and move on and just enjoy, you know, the peace and quiet of life instead of constantly trying to prove otherwise. And I have um, to say that nine times out of 10, when I keep my fool mouth shut, not only do I learn something on occasion, but I usually come to find out that they, you know, my wife in particular was right. <laughs> and I uh, did myself a service by keeping sh my mouth shut. And that I falls can't, can't perfectly with ideal and reality. Yeah. <laughs> your, your idea of what you're going to say and how you think it's going to happen is never the reality of what's going to happen when you're going to try and argue with your significant yep. other. And exactly. pick your battles because Absolutely. it's not worth it. Yeah, well, that's a, 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 a gentleman... Yes, yeah, <laughs> a gentleman that has a lot had a lot more decades, in fact, of of experience in relationships, often visits our area up here. And when he does, he's got his phrase, and and I will never forget it: is when you're wrong, promptly admit it, and when you're right, promptly forget it. <laughs> and that was his advice for successful relationships. <laughs> here, here, that's good. Here, here, that's a good way. The reality is, don't expect that to come back to you because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. how you handle something isn't always how someone else is going to handle it to you. So you just got to be, I don't want to say man enough, but mature enough to deal with it. If it doesn't work out the other way. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. And, and sure, one, sure. Of, one of the tools that that's been the greatest lesson for me, I'd say in the last uh, practicing the last eight years is this idea of trying to find my side of things because that's when I can actually have some control in the matter. If I can find my part in a situation, then I can make a change on that. If, you know, if I'm looking at what everyone else is doing wrong and what they've done wrong, well, I can't change other people. And so right. when I've applied this to conversations, and especially when it's a heat, you know, not, well, you know, an argument's never going to be, go over well. But when you're having a discussion about something that happened, especially, you know, Sharon and I talk about this, the minute that I own my part in something, I've walked towards that middle, that compromise position. And now I get to learn a lot to see whether that other person is going to come in and meet me there, whether they can do the same thing. And if they can't, well, up, you know, that I'll learn something. Brings up a good point because there, there's a lot of readings or books out there on topics of growing, losing weight, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what you just said, Hannah, is really the attitude you have to have because those books fit in the ideal. Because when you read them, it's like everything makes sense. It's all perfect. But you try and put it in practice and reality, there's all this other shit that's happening. And you go, wait a minute, where, where in the book did it said that? Or yeah. where did it say this was going to happen to me? Right? <laughs> so if you have that open mind, like you say, to walk towards what they're saying, um, I, that's what you need. Because then you do find that middle ground and what works for you. Here, here. Here, here. Yes. Next, next piece of advice. Let's uh, let's do uh, you, Dad. Ah, jeez. Uh, like Hannah, I or was it you? Whoever said <laughs> I never even I totally forgot we were gonna do this, or else I would have thought of something. But uh, I remember us talking the other day, Dave, when you, your beard was all scruffy. Oh, you're gonna take and, mine. Okay. I got oh, another one. This? I got another one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I had a backup sure? one just in case. Yeah. Because we were talking and you told me, I says, don't you use a razor, like a trimming razor? And you said, I do. And I went, well, why does your beard look so scruffy? And then you told me that uh, you have it set setting and you're going down against the grain instead of up against the grain. And I said, no, 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 that's not how they work. In order to get an even length, you have to go against your hair growth grain so that it cuts to, you know, the blade actually hits and cuts it to that length. It picks it up. That's how they're designed to work. And you were nervous but you did say, I said, well, just put it on the farthest setting and keep lowering it until you're happy with what, what you get. And, and it worked, right? It did. It worked beautifully. I'm now the proud mm -hmm. owner of a nice, shiny, even beard. Yeah. And you look awesome now. When we, when oh, we Skype, I go, damn, who's that? Fine. Well, you always look good, <laughs> but <laughs> now you got a gentleman's beard. And that's something I didn't know being 29 years old, dealing with facial so, hair since I was 16. So my tip uh, is from uh, when you were up here. 
and uh, we were looking at my car, and uh, we noticed that my headlights were kind of foggy. And not having anything to clean these with, we got some toothpaste. And the toothpaste actually, when when applied and rubbed on and then rubbed off, actually cleaned them up quite well. That was the that was toothpaste was the trick for CDs. When your CD got scratched up a little bit, or your game disc got scratched up, if you take some toothpaste, rub it on, it's a mild abrasive. It'll take off light scratches and works on the, uh, remember the first Apple screens that were scratching like crazy? Uh-huh. You right. use toothpaste on it. Rub toothpaste on it. It's like practically buffing out the scratches. Some here, pra- here. Practical knowledge in your life. Here, here. <laughs> now, about- my, my advice is, is, you know, all the guys that grab the condoms, grab some lube also. Bring your lube. <laughs> here, here. I've, I've never, at first I thought you said, for the guys that were going to grab condoms, don't grab the condoms. Just go right in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just go, <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, just uh, go right in there. No. I just but, say spit on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, nature's lubricant. Really? So lube. That's, that's something I've never but, tried. But this is seriously, have some respect for the women here. You're about to coat your, your, your uh, equipment with uh, a fine layer of rubber that can... Be a little, you know, chafy. You know, have some respect. That there's, you know, bring bring some lube as well. That's my advice for the week. And, I'm going to remember that. Should you leave the lube or bring it home? Like, a, you know, when you bring a bottle of wine, you don't. Then <laughs> <laughs> <and> bring. <laughs> hey, Doug, that's brilliant. That's brilliant, brilliant. Doug. You know how they've got, you know how they've got the portable hand sanitizers now, where you clip them onto your backpacks or whatever. We should have portable lubes. There that you, you clip them on your belt buckle or whatever, and no matter where you go, you glorious gentleman lube. No, seriously, yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a good idea. We've Exa- got our own lube, and bring it with you right on, like bring it with you on the date, like it's a bottle of wine. Because guess what? You'll know where you piece. stand. It mm. can also act as like WD forty. You can use it around the house on hinges and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. No, but if you clip it on your keys, then they're with. It's with you anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> Getting out of your keys might be a little awkward in the moment, though. But hey, you know. No, haven't you <laughs> seen the little? Nano says, Nano says they'll go like this guy respects me. Exactly. <laughs> like I got my lube. I'm ready. I'm geared do, up. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, particular ones you can recommend for people who have not done this endeavor? I I personally I actually have a um, a uh, business card right here for the uh, condomman.com. And you can buy condoms in bulk. And I actually mm. have, a, I have a coupon code if you're interested. It's uh, CMAN10, and you'll get 10% off your next order. And um, <laughs> wow, I actually have a, a condom to recommend. Hold on a second. This is an awesome podcast. <laughs> so uh, I, I buy these in bulk, and these are the, uh, the number one rated uh, condom with uh, porn stars. And it's a company called Crown. And uh, it's a crown latex male condom, lightly lubricated. It, it gets the best rating for uh, sense, sensitivity and uh, durability. And, uh, yeah, you can buy them in bulk from the condom, man. You save yourselves tons of money. I have, like, literally a drawer full of them. And then as far as lube goes, I particularly like ID lube. Um, I like the Glide. It's, uh, it's, a, little, it's a little thicker, and uh, it's a nice water-based lubricant, not an oil-based. And it... Um, it really does the trick. ID Glide. I highly recommend that. So that's a penetrating oil? <laughs> no, it, it it's a, uh, wow, it's got French on here. <laughs> Maybe it's made in Canada. Oui, oui. Oui, qu'est-ce que c'est? It's hypoallergenic. Huh, go figure. But it has a very natural feel to it, I'd say. All right, Eric, what's your what what's your advice for the week? All right, so my advice. Um is advice I give to my kids all the time and my wife. So I'm really big on when you're upset with, even when you're upset with anybody or just anytime someone leaves the house, like leaves to go drive to the store, leaves when my kids go home for the weekend or when they do their thing, I always make it a point whether I'm upset or not to tell them I love them and just give them a hug or a kiss goodbye. I mean, even if I'm upset, it's hard for me to do. And sometimes it's hard for them. Like if me and my wife are like grumpy with each other, it's still hard to do. But I make it that point because I don't ever want something to happen to them or happen to me. And then me have to live with we were upset and we at least didn't say bye. You know here, what I mean? Here. 
Here, here. Yes. So here, that's here. always that's been a right. really big thing for me. Here. And that's my advice. Just, just say bye. That is good advice. I do that. Uh, I do do that, right, Dave? Yes. Every time we're talking. <laughs> no, you do. You do. Even at home, uh, my daughter, like, even we're fighting, and then she goes to go out, and we both say, love you, bye. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little more emotional, or it's like, love you, bye. <laughs> but at least you said it. Uh, but we at said least that. you didn't leave without right. that. And then yeah, I yeah. hear all these stories go, I never got to say bye to them. I never got to do this. We left yeah. this and this. I mean, I would not want to live with that. Because you're going to be thinking about that every day. And that's not something I want to carry around with me. Nope. Good advice, gents. Good advice. Here, here. So, uh, to end this off, do we want to select the topic for next discussion? I think we should look down Heno's wonderful list. Sir Roxalot, present the topics. <laughs> I have I have a little topic Present. that you brought up this time. Okay. Yeah. Condoms versus no condoms. <clears throat> that can that can be that can be like a small topic, but that's something I. <laughs> okay, I'm writing that hey, down. Leave, leave. Yeah, it should last about I don't know 38 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, which which is about right. <laughs> All right. I, th- I think I think the side you mean without condoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I think exactly. just putting it on. <laughs> like, oh, oh, damn it, you touched. Someone needs a little more action. <laughs> yeah, I think the size of one's topic shouldn't be a factor in this show. No. Mm, All right. No. Yeah. I don't think a size of anything should be a factor in life. You know what I mean? But, but we should have another one in the back pocket just in case one does. Um, it, it gets discussed fairly quickly and everybody agrees and go, oh, um, yeah, but so, if you uh, keep condoms in your back pocket, they uh, they tend to erode. This is true. Has anybody found that condom that you put in some either in a glove compartment or some pants or something, and then discovered it years and years later? Nope. No. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like me neither. <laughs> no, not me for sure. Not me. So this is the part. This is the, the the story I love. Is everyone talks about how it's like you know that that. You know, we we use they we use these things, right? It's like we don't leave them around lying around. You either use them or you stop using them. So but let's dedicate the next show to all about condoms. <laughs> now, now, which is kind of would be odd since since most of you all are all married. Uh huh. True. So, so we'll go with condoms and one other yeah intelligence topic to keep it classy. I got it. So. uh condoms and not wearing condoms and the and then let's say the after effects of not wearing condoms like let's say if you had to deal with the pregnancy <laughs> children and, and and raising children if you weren't ready and stuff like that or what or how you would prepare for raising children there's there's that and plenty other things that come from it so i i don't know how to how to really end this we don't really have any anything to direct anyone to do we well why don't we all say good night in our own particular uh, idiom if you will hmm, yes <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everybody for joining us on another inglorious gentlemen's club session. I am Lord Pomplamus, and this has been wonderful. I'm Douche Lingerie. Keep your stick on the ice. Who's next? I think I'm I Rapunzel. Good night, Lord Pomplamus. Good night. Neil, um, tell him, here the great Sir Douglas Lingerie and Sir Roxalot. You have a great Another thing for stupid reason why we must suffer for it. Cry, cry, run, my mother just sold my hand out. I'll come to a decision on it. Sooner or later, your legs give way, you hit the ground. Save it for later, don't run away and let me down. Sooner or later, you hit the deck, you get found out. Save it for later, don't run away, run away and let me down. Run away, run away and let me down.
That is the perfect way to end the podcast. You yep. need to play. You need to play a closing outro every time you're on. Here. <laughs> Woo, that was awesome. I can send you a version of it. A virgin? I have a virgin. I'll send you a version of it. Um, oh. <laughs> send, okay. send some lube. Great talk, Paige. Now I'm the great. How did I ever put you here? Have a good week. <laughs> I think the song was his way of saying goodnight. Uh, how else would Sir Rocks a lot do it? You're right. You're right. You're right. He might regale us with a song about deeds we've done. <laughs> There's a suggestion. <laughs> Dirty deeds. You got kind of like a wandering minstrel. Yeah, you should bring like a tiny guitar and just walk around Rose City. <laughs> like the ones yeah, the monkeys carry. I think you should actually find the world's smallest violin and just play it for everybody. If I could play it. You can play the piano, right? I I see, I play the piano with my fingers. Violin, I need to play it with my rod. <laughs> I believe that's called a bow, sir. Oh, yeah, but you don't know what he calls his rod. <laughs> but I seriously like how we started off talking about ideals and reality and then went to chicks and yoga pants. Is there a place I can pull it? Um, how big is it? Housekeeping. Yeah, you guys are talking about pulling it and big and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I didn't record any of that because I didn't know I was supposed to record. <laughs> I, have the whole, um, I have the whole thing on call recorder. Okay, thank God. Because I'm sitting here like, fuck, was I supposed to record that? And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out a way on how to say it without, without like, ruining this awesome internet we've created. And I was just like, Jesus. <laughs>